Hi, this is Adrian Lee, the host of More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. Our show has been nominated in the comedy section of this year's Podcast of the Year Award. Apparently people think we are funny. Who knew? Throughout the month of July, from the 1st to the 31st, you can visit podcastawards.com and vote for MQTA. Please register your vote as many times as you can and share the link with your friends and family. My greatest thanks and gratitude. That's podcastawards.com. Register your vote now for MQTA. Now enjoy the show. Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, do you have to quit selling computer parts if you lose your drive? Yes. Enthusiasm <laughs> is everything. Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange supernatural unusual bizarre and just plain weird if you have tuned in especially to hear the show then i admire your taste if you have just tuned in by accident then i admire your luck I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week, we press our ear against the bedroom wall. The last thing my mother listened to before she went to bed, she snores in her unconscious. Let's see what she listened to tonight. It's cameo. cameo. Word up. <laughs> it's my stripper song. Yes. I yes. totally strip Put to that word back up. on. I've only just getting into the swing of things. I see that. <laughs> so snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, 
with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather now refers to avocados as shrecticles. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. What? Hello. We can't talk about what she calls other green salad comestibles for fear of being fined or removed. Ooh. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy <laughs> Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle doesn't call it blacking out. She calls it surprise napping. <laughs> uh, I like that. Many a true word, right? <laughs> yes. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. They're mad. They're bad. They're paranormal. This is Series 3, Episode 15. We start our first round, General Lack of Knowledge, accompanied by the side salad of the gong of infinite knowledge, the lettuce of facts, and the sliced cucumbers of statistics... Here we go. It doesn't sound like a gong of infinite knowledge, does it? No. On this day, in 1974, India became the sixth nation to explode an atomic bomb. So, for the first time on MQTA Radio, I can't believe that fascinating and fun facts about atomic warfare. Mm. A US Cold War project in 1958 named A-119 was conceived to show the military strength of America by dropping a bomb where? Bit of geography for you today. I don't like geography. I understand you don't like geography. Yeah. <laughs> you can barely find your way home from the shops. That is very true. Mm. Mm-hmm. In the Northern Hemisphere. In the Northern, that's 50% going to be right, isn't it? Yep. What if Michelle does Southern <laughs> Hemisphere? In 1958, a Cold War project named A119 was going to explode a nuclear bomb where just to show the strength. Antarctica. You are going to go with Antarctica. Lots of dead yep. polar bears. Mm, seals. Poor bears. Penguins. Penguins. Ice. Are in penguins in Antarctica? I can't remember. Yes, it's North Pole. You don't find a penguin. It's in the south, isn't it? They, they exist and run around. I don't know. You've no idea. Michelle, what are we going with? It was a little atoll, but I cannot remember the name. The French exploded bombs on a place called Bikini Atoll, That's it. where the bikini came Ooh. from. Yes. Well, that would be the French. Yes. The answer Sorry. I'm looking for is the moon. What? They were planning in 1958 to detonate a nuclear bomb on the moon. What? It's true, I tell you. I'm going to tell you now the things that would have happened. In fact, you can tell me, if no moon existed, if the moon got destroyed, if we had no moon, if we're watching an episode of Space 1999 and the moon goes whizzing off, if the Americans bombed it in 1958, what would happen? That affects the gravity, doesn't it? We wouldn't have tides. Wow. You're knocking them out of the park. Without the moon, the Earth would spin faster because the moon has a pull on the Earth. So the Earth would spin faster, so days would in fact be shorter. Tides would fail to exist, causing damage to tidal ecosystems. There'd be no moonlight for nocturnal scavengers, and moths would have trouble finding their way home because they navigate via the moon. Where's Colin? He's been out all night. Why hasn't he come home? He said he'd be home at two. Where's he gone? No cheese. No cheese either. Without the moon, 
They would be, of course... No cheeses for the Mises. <laughs> Someone's been watching the Wallace and Gromit. The Muppets. <laughs> wow, I can't give the points away. We're still in 1958, very popular year for atomic warfare, apparently. Oh. In 1958, the US lost a nuclear bomb during transit. Where did they lose it? There. I'm sure we had a bomb when we started this, but apparently it's no there. <laughs> They're going to go mad when we get home. When we get back to the barracks, they're going to say, where's that huge atom bomb? And I'm going to say, I don't remember where I put they it. Lost they lost the a ocean. huge atomic bomb in 1958. Yes. In the ocean. You're going with the ocean. Do you want to be more Pacific? Uh, <laughs> I love this show. I love this show. Pick an ocean. Pick a sea. I can't. Pick some water. You can't. You've no clue. No, just the ocean. You're going to go with a watery grave. For yes. A no wonder you've not heard of it. I mean, they'd have covered this up, right? This has only come out right. recently. With water? <laughs> well, they've covered it up or, with water. Or sand? Sand, Are maybe. A little bit of water. Sand? If you're getting warmer, we're in Jamaica. Snow? We're on the Snow? beach. What are we going to go with, Michelle? Um, Heather's gone the with water. Sahara Desert. They lost it in the Sahara Desert. Would you believe they lost it in the sea off the coast of Georgia? I mean, and it's yes. huge. It's a massive atomic bomb. It was found by a couple of tourist divers in 2016. A couple of fishermen. Holy moly. There's a picture of them <laughs> underwater. That's it. With their thumb up saying, look what we found. And then they threw it back. <laughs> and then they died. <laughs> they never got a picture. What does this button do? Apparently it had written on it, if found, please return. God. <laughs> That's like the theme of a James Bond film, isn't it? This is how a James Bond film starts, isn't it? I Where like they find it. I and like Georgia, it. of course, is an ex-Russian satellite Maybe it could country. Could be an MQTA movie. What about we could star in it? Yes. There we go. You could pay a couple of crustaceans, and I'll be the diver. Everything's good in oh, the world. Oh, you're funny. Wow. You're pretty good funny times. tonight. Aren't I'm you? on fire. Yeah. No points to be had, unfortunately. On this day in 1897, it's quite an important day today. Dracula by Irish author Bram Stoker was published for the very first time. So for the first time on MQTA Radio, we are going to play, I can't believe that, fascinating and amazing facts about Dracula. Oh, I win. Now we'll see. Bram Stoker believed his inspiration came from a nightmare caused by eating too much what? Curry. Eating too much curry. What, in 1897? <laughs> Unless he's Indian. I've already stated he's Irish. It's going to be hot pot, isn't it? And stew. Cabbage. Cabbage by eating too much. Spuds. Too many spuds. Damn you and your shepherd's pie. I'm having nightmares. It's corned beef and cabbage. I told you not to eat cabbage before you went to bed. What did he eat too much of? That he had a bad dream that he then came up with the idea of Dracula. Corned beef and cabbage. Corned beef. That will do it to you, will it? If you eat too much corned beef I've and cabbage. I've seen what it's done to you. Day <gasps> after St. Patrick's Day <sighs> to take a canary in the toilet. It's unbelievable. No, not, not any living thing. No, it's not living for long. <laughs> what are we going to go with, Michelle? What did he eat oh. that gave him such terrible nightmares that he came up with the idea of Dracula? Steak and kidney pie. Steak and kidney oh, God. I'm mistaken, kid. You've no idea. Oh, it's so gross. It's gorgeous. Who doesn't want to eat food that filters urine and blood? Mm -mm. It was crab meat and mayonnaise. I'd have taken either. The kind of mayonnaise you keep in your car all day and is fizzy when you undo the lid. That's That's a seafood sub, isn't it? A seafood (laughs) sub. (laughs) 
he had a foot long and then came up with the idea of Dracula. Damn you and your seafood sub. I am having nightmares. Frankenstein was written a course after she had a curry. Oh, oh, that one would have got you. I the cannot give the points away. According to Bram Stoker novel, Dracula had a heavy what? <laughs> and I'm not what? talking. According to Bram Stoker's novel, Dracula had a heavy what? And I'm not going to take the answer irregular bowel movement at this stage. A heavy. He had a heavy what? He describes Dracula. He had a he heavy says, heart. He had a heavy heart. Oh, yeah. he didn't have a heart, Heather. Yes, I think you'll find Vlad the Impaler lacking in the heart department somewhat. Yes. Do you want to have another guess? Uh, the undead don't need a heart, remember? Oh, that's very true. He had a very heavy shoe. Shoes. Oh. Yes, he had one club foot. <laughs> clonk. <laughs> clonk. Here he comes. Clonk. Clonk. There's a bat with a club shoe. I stand corrected in these orthopedic shoes. Can you shuffling around the castle? Well, one one leg was shorter than the other. He had to have an instep. Mm. He had one heavy shoe. I love yes. it. Dragging it around the castle. He's walking in huge circles of about a three-mile <laughs> diameter. Set him off. 16 hours later, he's back in the same place again. Wow. And that's your answer, is it? I guess. Unbelievable. What did he have a heavy one, Michelle? Demeanor. I... <laughs> <laughs> Why, you have a rather heavy, heavy demeanor tonight, mm, Davina. Are you single? I'm going to take you roughly in the drawing room. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered what those strange sounds were in the West Wing. It turns out there was a werewolf trapped in there. I'll and get a Jenkins club foot. And a, with a clubfoot club foot werewolf. I want to start a rock band called that. He had a very heavy moustache. Oh, darn it. What? Yes. I always guess moustache. According to Bram Stoker, he's Dracula, the Dracula, the original Dracula, had a very heavy moustache. How does that? An old-timey villain one. No, heavy moustache. Really did, heavy, like a walrus. Fu mm. oh. I don't know what you want me to say. I Apparently, he had a heavy moustache. I'm, I'm quoting. He was beardy, like yeah. swarthy. Oh. What, what part of that don't you understand? I'll go and search for heavy moustache on okay. Google. No, you'll find stuff you, you can't unsee. Wow. No, no I'm doing it. I can't give the points <gasps> away. That was then, but this is now we reached our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yeah. We love the mailbag. If you wish to write to us, if you wish to pass on your comments, you can do so. We will read them out. Jasmine from Canada posted in Patreon. You guys are truly amazing. Hats off. I've been having horrible migraines and you guys still make me laugh so hard. My ribs hurt. Thank you so much. It reminds me that life is still worth it. Oh. Jasmine, thank you so much. P.S. Nice. I would love to see the ladies try a Canadian accent. Eh? <laughs> hey there, you hoser. Nice. So we're not going with any stereotypes <laughs> no. here? No. Okay. That's fantastic. I appreciate that, Jasmine. That makes Aww. me very, very happy. She is one of our Patreon members. Martin, of course, our good friend in New York, is also Martin. Hi, Martin. one love of you. our Patreon listeners. If you want to donate a single dollar this show's free it will always be free we've been doing this now for five years completely free of charge you can listen to us free on soundcloud on all of our platforms and i'll go through that a little bit later but we have overheads we have studio costs 
we have to pay for all of the platforms we are on. If you're listening to us in any of our archives, if you wish to donate a single dollar, you can't even buy a Snickers bar for that these days. You will get mentioned on the show. We will read out your comments and you do get a little bit extra there. If you do spend your single dollar on our show, you get to listen to the show first. It's archive first for you. Everyone else has to wait for to five weeks for that to happen but this show's free it will always be free if you wish to donate that single dollar we'll be very grateful if you go to patreon.com and search for mq ta radio everything will be there for you daniel posted do you remember daniel yes he went to a disney world i believe in florida lucky bugger he's written i had a great time at (gasps) disney magic kingdom and hollywood studios perfect weather MQTA was a hit poolside as I played some of my favourite <gasps> episodes. Wish you were all here. Do what Daniel did. He's spreading the word. If you're listening to the show now, why not cut and paste the link? Why don't you put it on your social media? Tell the whole wide world that you're listening to more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. What would you like to add to that, Heather? If you're out there, please, please go on to iTunes and rate us and also give us a review because it'll get us up there in the charts as new and notable. Thank you you very much in advance. Miss Morris has spoken. We are available on SoundCloud. All of our shows for the last four to five years are free. They're on SoundCloud. Go to soundcloud.com. Search for MQTA Radio. And if you're listening now on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you enjoy the show we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes at the end of this show at the top of the hour we stay in the studio we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of all the stories we've found throughout the course of the week that contain content that we can't read out on air (laughs) it's the round called not for your mother it's naughtiness it's filth to be honest it's filthy it's full of innuendo well there's no innuendo it's Mm -mm. just straight out there isn't it so at the end of this show jump on to soundcloud go to mqta radio you get extra 20 to 25 minutes again all free a little easter egg for you some say it's their favorite round but we cannot read that out on air we would certainly be removed we found ourselves on iHeartRadio. do you want to talk about that for a little bit miss morris yeah, we are currently, to the best of my knowledge, on iHeartRadio. We're also on Spotify, um, Player FM, iTunes, um, iTunes, Castbox, Castbox, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. I thought these were names of rock bands <laughs> yeah. back in the early eighties. These are places I've never even heard of. There is no reason you can't find us now, <laughs> uh, unless you don't have any internet access <laughs> <laughs> or know how to spell MQTA radio. Ooh. Well, that probably cuts out most of the population of the world. Florida. But there we are. If you can't find us, you've only got yourself to blame. But it's all there. If you're walking the dog, if you're in the gym, if you're on a long car journey, if you're at Disney World and you're at the pool and you want to <laughs> annoy all of your neighbours, you are Love more it. than welcome to do that. Please, please, please share the word tell everyone what you're listening to yeah. kevin our good friend in minnesota <gasps> love you kevin. Hi, kevin he posted it was another great show of course kevin is listening first at 8 p.m central time on the dark matter digital network join us every friday on there we have a hundred thousand listeners in 190 countries all over the world and i will read out the top 10 i've not done that for a while we'll no. read that out in a second You can join us on Facebook. All of tonight's stories, all of the notes I just read out, all of the messages of support, all of the jokes, all of the cartoons, the banter, the wit, the repartee. 
everything on there that will leave you laughing so hard your ribs will hurt, especially if you live in Canada. He's on Facebook. Again, more questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, we have 61,000 followers on there. You can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we have 100,000 followers on there at the moment. And of course, my books, How to Be a Christian Psychic, What the Bible Says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators is available. You can buy that on Amazon. And of course, Mysterious Midwest, all of my ghost hunting with the International Paranormal Society there, Mysterious Midwest, unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead. And that has a forward by David Ellison, the award-winning Grammy bass guitarist of Megadeth. But if you go to Amazon, search for Adrian Lee, all of that will be on there for you. I promised you I would give you the top 10 of the countries that were listening to us last week. Number one, of course, the US of A, the country that loses nuclear weapons and wants to blow up the moon. (laughs) The UK is second. All the foreigners in the world are currently going to be looking at the UK due to the royal wedding and all the people living in the UK aren't going to be watching it. Canada is third. (laughs) Australia is coming in at number four. A big hello to Tanya and our friends from down... Under Number five is South Africa. There's always a country that sneaks in, right? That's very odd. And you think, how did that get there? In the past, we've had Kuwait. We had Guernsey. There's always a country that leaps into the top 10. And you think, how did that happen? Who's listening there? At number six this week was Bosnia and Herzegovina. (laughs) Would you believe? So thank you to all of our friends and listeners in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Russia. Perhaps we shouldn't be doing all the Russian jokes. Oh, no. Russia's nah. at seventh. Jamaica. You go from Russia to Jamaica. Oh, Bob ja- Marley. Jamaica's at number eight. Singapore, nine. And your good friend, the Netherlands, coming at number ten. What a remarkable list. Many thanks to all of our yeah. listeners all over the world. Yes, thank you very much. Now, before we enter the round that we call Ghosts and Hauntings, I've got a bit of a surprise for everybody on the line hopefully live from manchester england we have brian sterling vitae journalist author actor producer and paranormal investigator you may remember we had brian on the show several months ago when he was in minnesota talking about our adventures in the cemetery in redwood falls with the ufos he now has a book out that we're going to talk about it's called paranormal investigation the black book of scientific ghost hunting and how to investigate paranormal phenomena are you there brian can you hear me i am indeed good evening and thanks for having me aboard the show again it's great to be there welcome to the show yes more questions than answers a lot of people responded the last time you were on and as i said it's nice to have another brit in the uh in the studio, even if it's via the telephone, just so I don't get bullied so much, to be honest. Who says you won't get bullied? You've got Heather there now. Come on, and the rest of the team. <laughs> that, that is true. You're, you're 4,000 miles away, so they can't actually get to you. I'm having stuff thrown at me. This is where we stand. Well, I don't know. I can stir it up a bit for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, and then you can run off and leave me here. This is how this works. Now, you've got a very exciting uh, project at the moment. You've got a book that's just been released. Tell our listeners a little bit about the theme of the book and how you came by that. I certainly will be there. Thank you. Um, I decided to write a book uh, about scientific ghost hunting because I'm trained principally as an exercise scientist. And it struck me that no matter what you do, what processes are involved in ghost hunting, you can still apply scientific methodology. It's the 
critical path that you follow of forming a hypothesis and then following it right the way down the list. And I think it's a very good practice for paranormal investigators to get into, especially if they want to verify evidence that they capture uh, to the scientific community. Because I believe that we're very close to making some significant breakthroughs now where the paranormal world that has traditionally been separated from hardcore science, I believe the two are getting closer and closer together all the time. And I'm just very keen to encourage paranormal investigators in general to follow the scientific methodologies in in their investigations as, as we do. And um, that way will help them to substantiate the evidence uh, more clearly when they do make a breakthrough. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, that if you're going to present evidence, you then need to have a situation where evidence can be presented without it being contaminated, without false positives. So give me some examples without giving everything away in the book of how you go about structuring, you know, your evidence, structuring what you're finding to present it in a scientific way. Well, the thing is, it's all about eliminating the every other possibility. Like when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes, he says, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever else remains must be the answer. So, and I paraphrase that quite badly, but the bottom line is, when you've eliminated everything else, then what you are left with are, are the results that you're looking for. And I, I'll give you an instance of uh, what happened at Manchester Museum. And everyone thought that this was a massive paranormal event at the time, and people were getting really scared. There was a statue in the uh, Department of um, Egyptology, and over the course of a day or two, this statue would turn itself around in a locked glass cabinet to face a prayer scroll at the rear of the cabinet. And there was no explanation. They even set up time-lapse photograph and video recording on this, and you could see the thing turning itself round bit by bit over the course of probably a couple of days. There was rumours in the press of curses. There were rumours in the press of um, of, of, of an, an attachment to the to the uh, to the statue, and all sorts of rumours were flying around. And it was it was uh, uh, it was supposedly a paranormal phenomenon that was taking place. So they called in Professor Brian Cox, who's a, an astrophysicist at the university there. And he helped them go through a process of elimination. And during the process of elimination, they found, measuring the base of the of the statue, that it was slightly elliptical. Then they also measured vibrations coming from outside at different times of day. And of course, it's a very heavy bus route into Manchester. You've got big double-decker buses flying past backwards and forwards all day long and actually all night. And they found out that the combination of a semi-elliptical base was imperceivable to the, to the human eye, combined with the uh, vibrations at the right frequency from the bus, was actually causing the statue to turn. It just sounds so like it. Does, of... Yeah, it sounds like a Sherlock Holmes novel in itself, doesn't it? You could almost imagine that being a screenplay on the new Sherlock Holmes series that they have. Oh, indeed. So that, but that is the sort of detail that you have to go into in terms of eliminating the scientifically explainable. What I want uh, to have... I am... go on. I was going to say, I am totally convinced that we're really close to a breakthrough, and I think now our testing and measuring equipment in the in the paranormal world is better than ever. I think it's it's really close. It's just a matter of time. But I'm very, this is why I'm very anxious to 
make sure that the evidence isn't sort of poo-pooed by the scientific community because it's not been scientifically documented and the and the uh, all possible explanations haven't been addressed uh, in order. I think it's great timing that your book comes out during this period. I've been investigating for 25 years, and I would agree with you that the equipment is starting to catch up with the things that I see psychically. You know, I am seeing things psychically, but now a thermal imaging camera can also verify that there's something there and moving around to back up my own psychic skills. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and I think it's important, is that these are first-hand experiences as well. You've actually investigated. You're not writing this book from a from a situation of talking about theory. You're actually in there with your sleeves rolled up doing paranormal investigation. Oh, absolutely. And as as you well know, because I'd love to investigate with you and your team, you, you follow the right methodology for me. It's, it's hard science all the way. And but we still have a lot of fun doing it, and you can combine the two. And I, I, I do mention in the book, actually, uh, I mention you, and I mention your latest book, because that has a paranormal connection on the front cover. And I know we've probably not talked much about this in, in the last probably 18 months, but in August of 2017, you made a phone call to me, and you were saying that your publisher wasn't happy with the uh, the present cover design for your new book and that you'd like to travel around and take a few pictures perhaps of the William Irving or the um, or Fort Snelling and would I be willing to come with you just for the ride and to have a giggle and, and to see what we can find and then you suddenly stopped mid-tracks and you said oh something's telling me why is it telling me it's the William Irving and then I said to you if you remember this yes well, it's probably telling you that because I'm actually stood right in front of the William Irving right now with my wife and friends from England. Yes, this is and a big. This is a nine. That. This is a nine hundred foot cargo freighter moored in Duluth in uh, on on Lake Superior. For those people unaware of this vessel, yeah, but you had seen where I was. That's something I told you cyclically. So any anyone that ever says to me that your psychic powers are not a one, <laughs> I'm sorry they got me to answer because we we. We've seen this and experienced it at first hand. So your latest book on the hauntings of the yes. Midwest with the William Irving on the front cover, that has got a psychic paranormal connection in itself. It runs through the book from, from front to back, doesn't it? That's mysterious Minnesota digging up 13 haunted places. I thought I'd plug my book in the section that I meant to be plugging your book. <laughs> yeah, but it's unbelievable. The, the psychic and paranormal connection to that book, it's, it's just unbelievable. The, the witnesses that, that uh, were from England, as you, when you met them, um, they went home believers. They arrived skeptical. They went home firm believers, having met you, having experienced that firsthand. It was just incredible. But I, I do mention other things in the book that, um, such as investigating um, the old mill house in Polpero. And if you remember, we had Brian Morgan, the mayor of Polpero, or the former mayor of Polpero, on, on your show some time ago. And uh, we visited him in um, in January of this year, and we went to say hello to Brian and Rita, his wife. And while we were there, uh, we had a mini-investigation, Helen, my wife, and myself. We brought some equipment with us, and um, since the hotel was quiet at that time, we were able to gain access to quite a few of the rooms there and um, set up K2 meters and um, EVP uh, recording devices and uh, some torches. And we got some very, very interesting uh, responses that I 
document in the book. And also we got a shadow figure, um, which is actually in, in the book as well, on CCTV. It's a screen grab of a shadow figure stood at the bar where the activity seems to be taking place downstairs. So you've uh, got you've got photographs. There are photographs all the way through the book as well. Um, I, I don't want to yeah. scare people off from, from having a scientific approach. This is accessible to all people, no matter what level you are as in terms of, of paranormal investigator and having an interest in the paranormal. Oh, absolutely. Um, even though I, I, I devote a full chapter to scientific method, methodology, I, I also try to document some of the common questions, um, the methods of how to, of, of the best way to approach an investigation, um, uh, how to prepare yourself in advance, the equipment you need, how to keep your equipment in pristine condition, how to perform a walkthrough, how to document that, um, and how to process evidence uh, after the event and then present it. So, yeah, we we went through the uh, entire spectrum of start to finish in terms of investigative techniques. And this is the book, Paranormal Investigation, the Black Book of Scientific Ghost Hunting and How to Investigate Paranormal Phenomena with Brian Sterling Vitae. In the next minute, where, what are you doing next? What's your next plans? Where are you in the paranormal? Well, at the moment, I'm um, about halfway through another book about the paranormal. And um, this was actually inspired by something you said when we were at um, the MarsCon convention together earlier this year. Um, I, a number of years ago, I produced a documentary on um, Robert Brown, who is many people consider him to be the grandfather of the United States of America as we know it today, because he is the man who got the pilgrims on the Mayflower. He is the man that taught them their values and their religion and actually persuaded them to go and settle Plymouth Colony. And he's, he's got a great legacy. And, and Lilford Hall, where he lived, that's got an amazing connection to the United States because at Lilford Hall on the estate itself, George Washington's mother was born there and came from there. President Quincy Adams's family came from there. The first person to fire a shot in the War of Independence was a direct descendant of Robert Brown. So this one person has an enormous impact on the United States as we know it. And when I was making the documentary in 2013 and 14, I spent a total of 10 months there, and we went there to create a historical documentary. Paranormal investigation was the furthest thing from our mind. But in, from the first week, we stayed with a 12-strong crew, uh, seven of which were from, seven of whom were from Minnesota and the, the rest were from the UK. Uh, we encountered paranormal phenomena that we could not explain, and we encountered it for the whole time that we were there. And when you bear in mind that the, the core of the house, part of it was built in 1492, and the rest of it was rebuilt onwards from 1500s, 1600s onwards. It, it's an old place. It's not super yeah. old by British standards, but it's it's still an old place. So this is your project. We encountered some. This is your project for your next book, putting all this together, documenting all these sightings. Yes, I, I decided to pull my old notes and um, uh, from the documentary, and, and I discovered that I've almost got like a diary of events that happened, and a lot of it was caught on video, Adrian, which is the important thing. You've seen some of the videos yourself when I've been giving yeah. uh, talks about this, and uh, we did some quite extensive research to, while we were there as a crew. We all stayed together, importantly, as we went around this house. And bear in mind, this house is 110 rooms. It takes you about 25 minutes 
to walk your way around it and visit every room and come back to where you started. And uh, we found things like doors that wouldn't stay closed, doors that wouldn't then wouldn't respond normally, uh, broke bolts that would move on their own, chairs that would move, a door that was ripped off its hinges, um, debris that was thrown at crew, builders who reported paranormal incidents who were working there that we recorded. So there's a whole plethora of these phenomena that have been documented over the period. So I've now started to write that like a journal, like the, the legend of Hill House, but this is the, the haunting of Lilford Hall. Wow. You've got your hands full there. Perhaps we should arrange a trip at some point in the future for Americans to come over and we'll do a charter and uh, bring people to Little Ilford Hall and uh, perhaps do some talks and lectures and have people do ghost hunts with our teams in Britain would be a fun thing to do, wouldn't it? We should arrange I that. think that would be a fabulous idea and, and, and I'm sure they'd be, be very welcome there. Um, I, I know that we can do that. We have exclusive access to it, Adrian. And that is the great thing. Um, because I made the documentary, we have first first dibs at going back and um, and doing exactly that. And since it's 2020 year coming up very soon, next year and the year after are going to be very important. We could maybe you know build up to doing something on the 400th anniversary of the year that the Pilgrims settled Plymouth Colony. And it's all because of Robert Brown at Lilford Hall that they did that. Wow, you're going to be stirring up a lot of paranormal activity there. I thank you for getting up so uh, late in the evening in Britain. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, just once more, give people the title of your book and uh, where they can access that. And perhaps your website as well would be fantastic. Well, it's Paranormal Investigation, the black book of uh, scientific ghost hunting and paranormal, investigating paranormal phenomena. And it's available on Amazon. And my website is com. Uh, or just Google my name, you'll find me all the bad things mostly, as my wife will tell you. And some uh, and some interesting photographs from what I can recall. Well, yes, we won't go into that, of course. Eh? <laughs> we'll we'll save those for another show. Again, many thanks yes, for... Yes, I knew that one, that one on Star Trek haunts me, and it comes up every time. And if Helen doesn't mention it, you mention it. There you go. Well, it's, it's, I feel it's my job in life to bring this up to random strangers when we're together. To, but, but, you know, if you give, you receive. I mean, I, I could write a list of the things you've well, done to me, right? <laughs> well, don't forget this DNA result and being French. And... Oh, here we go. <laughs> Why not tell all my listeners my DNA results come back as being French? It's like your worst nightmare. I, I, do, oh, I do actually yeah. use soap, though, so that, that distinguishes me from wow. being French. I know. And we've got a lot of French listeners as well, so I can only apologise. But many thanks for staying up late in the evening. I will put a link to your book on our show, and perhaps you'll come back in a few weeks' time and we'll chat about your investigations and what you're doing next. How does that sound? I'd love to. Thank you for having me aboard. and. And um, good luck with the show there. Thank you very much. We now enter our first round. That is <gasps> Ghosts and Hauntings. And remember, we don't do orbs. Michelle is on two. I'm yet to score. Miss Morris is also on two for guessing that the nuclear bomb was at the bottom of the sea. This is the spooky moment. A night guard recalls the fleeing image of a ghostly shadow while investigating strange noises inside a deserted football stadium a deserted football stadium that must be west ham united on a saturday <laughs> afternoon that's true the eerie clip if you don't know anything about english soccer that was very funny but no moise 
No, David, no. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and talk about English soccer. <laughs> we know. just lost our manager this week, which and, is probably for the good, I suspect. And you lost this year again. I forgot to mention <gasps> oh. it. Oh, how many years in a row is that, Heather? Don't go it's, there. Is it three or four? I can't remember. It's four now. <laughs> Even if I... This is fantasy football. Miss Morris picks soccer players on which ones have the nicest Ooh. legs and which are the cutest and have the best looking buns. It works. I, as a semi-professional soccer player with years of following soccer all over Europe and playing at the highest level, yeah. obviously spend hours looking at Studying algorithms, charts. looking at charts, <laughs> the history. I'm getting my ass kicked. I am. I seriously, four I cannot. Four years running. Four years in a row. Undefeated. Good God. I've got to get to 2022 <laughs> just to break even now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe I'll join it this year. Oh, yeah. And have two people that don't know anything about soccer beating me in fantasy soccer. That would be terrific. I know a little bit about it. That's just enough, apparently, to get you at the bottom of the table. Uh The eerie clip shot by Rul Aguello, 32, captures the moment he opens a banging door at the Thomas Aldofo Duco Stadium in Buenos Aires, Argentina. As he pans his camera around, he unknowingly captures the instant a spectre quickly passes along some benches before disappearing through a wall. At the time, the apparition appears to be invisible to the naked eye as Aguello doesn't react to the movement. He only discovers the unnerving phenomenon later when he views the footage and finds he apparently caught the spooky presence in the arena. At the beginning of the haunting encounter, the guard explains to prove he is telling the truth about the baffling banging door. He's going to film it. It's 11 o'clock at night, and it's the third time I've heard this banging noise. The frightened man says, looking down to the camera, I'm going to film it to show people later on, so they believe it when I tell them, because this has never happened to me before. It's terrifying. The clearly shaken watchman films the empty room as proof, spinning around to document every inch of space as he speaks. But as the camera briefly rests on the bench on the far right wall, a shadowy spectre breaks cover and scurries across the screen, disappearing into the wall. (gasps) Taking sharp intakes of breath, he vows, Oh God, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I want to go. The married father of two was left so stressed from his encounter, he handed in his notice and found a different security job. Ghost walks through stadium wall, or the man's a fool. You decide for yourself. You can look at that video footage right now and the rest of the story if you go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with adrian lee what a wuss it makes yeah. sense well if you're on your own and the stadium's huge and you're wandering around in the dark i could see how that could get you it i mean happen. you say what a wuss you've had 20 years of paranormal investigations every weekend yeah. you've desensitized yourself i know it's terrible to the it? banging doors and the specters that walk through yeah, walls. <gasps> if you are playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game you can now take a shot early on in the show yeah. due to the fact that heather morris thinks that story bunk. is bunk you can get hauntings in stadiums if you think people's ashes are sprinkled in stadiums whether the authorities realize it or not right families go there so it's a family event i've got pictures of my great granddad outside West Ham United's ground from the 1920s. That stadium and those supporters have been following that club since the 1870s. You've got all the energy in that stadium of all the roaring together, the crying together, the cheering at the same time. If you're a regular supporter, if you've gone there every Saturday, why wouldn't you haunt? That seems like a great place to haunt. It's like a theatre, isn't it? It's quiet 
for 99% of the week so you can mess around. If you've always wanted to play soccer, you'd be out there on the pitch with your ghost friends kicking a ghost ball around, right? Makes perfect sense to me. But you can check out that story for yourself. I will give myself a resplendent two points. We have parity. We're all a little duck all in a row. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I'm going back in time. 1974. Well, I like to know where you got the notion. Rock the boat and rock the boat. 94. That's going to be Nirvana. Ooh, that's going to be the year I graduated. Oh, my. I know, right? Well, a case made headline news after it was revealed that four jurors used a Ouija board to reach their verdict. Wow. I never heard about this, but I think it's fabulous. I think that's terrible that some poor guy's gone down. Yes. He's now spending a dime in Chino because a Ouija yes. board said he did it. Yes, he is. What if the devil was making that? The devil, <laughs> the would devil want made you. him do it. The devil made me with. do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Ouija board. Well, there's about nine of them in our cupboard right I now, know. so there we go. Well, the trial, which lasted five weeks, found English insurance broker Stephen Young guilty of the gruesome double murder of Harry and Nicola Fuller at their home in East Sussex. There was relief the case was finished, the police detective Graham Hill said. Obviously, all people that are involved in the prosecution were pleased the verdict was one of guilty, because there's, as you can imagine, a huge amount of work that goes into that. A few weeks later, however, it was revealed that several members of the jury had based their verdict on information they had obtained through a Ouija board. That's going to be a mistrial. They're going to bring them all back and start that again, and that's costing the taxpayer a lot of money. Well, how do you get a Ouija board in the? Here, here's the uh, thing. It's pocket Ouija board. You can yes. put it in your pocket. It's magnetic. Travel Ouija. Ouija. Travel Ouija board. There there's you go. An app there, are kids, for... stop fighting. Play travel Ouija board. No, there's an app for that. For Ouija board. I don't know. There probably is. And if I'm there's sure. not, we should probably do it. Yeah, if because... you all put your finger, all put your finger <laughs> on the iPad and see where it uh-uh. goes. No. There we That's go. That's a great idea. I like the idea of that. iPhone, I... iPad, Ouija Ooh, board. Copyright. Travel Ouija board. Copyright. Yes. Copyright MQTA radio. Yeah, do what you need to do. I all just right. want the money. <laughs> oh. Well, according... Ouija board says we're making lots of money. <laughs> Yay. According to the report, four of the jurors had got together one night at the Brighton's Old Ship Hotel and fashioned a crude Ouija board out of paper and a wine glass. That's how they used to do it in the Victorian period, of plates some chalk, you're up and That's running. That's right. That's right. You can open the gates to Hades in the comfort of your own hotel room. Yeah, mm. with your kids. The session was said to have yielded some intriguing results, with the group becoming convinced that they had managed to contact the spirit of Harry Fuller, one of the two murdered victims. Wow. Stephen Young done it, the ghost allegedly stated. Vote guilty tomorrow, is what wow. the Ouija board said. The jurors were so taken aback that many of them started crying. When they eventually retired to their rooms for the night, they agreed not to tell anyone about what had taken place. The incident remains one of the most high-profile cases of juror misbehavior on record yeah there'll be a mistrial they're wow. putting them back to do that again well it's 94 i don't know i think oh might so be... current affairs then i it only came out with it only just came out yeah <laughs> that's what they've done this guy's probably done 25 years for murder and, and it's Chino. just that's right and they've just come out and said oh back in 94 
The point is, they've only just made people aware of that, haven't they? In the they? old Bailey, right? It's yes. Only, yes, the old Bailey. Yes, off the strand back there. Yeah. yeah. Not good news. No. I shall give you two points. You're now up to four. The Ouija board says you're getting four points. Yay! A heartbroken dad has told an inquest how a psychic preyed on his daughter's misery after she tried to contact a dead lover shortly before taking her own life. Mum of two, Jenna Greenwood, 31, was devastated when her soulmate took her own life and was wanted to seek solace in speaking to a medium. Jenna, who had two young kids from a previous relationship and worked for the NHS, believed she had found happiness with a man she met in 2014. That's what you need, happiness. You need happiness. Happiness. Oh, nice. But her joy turned to heartbreak when her new partner hanged himself less than two years later. It's not so funny now, is it? No. Her dad, Stephen Greenwood, said that the family initially believed that Jenna was coping with the loss while doing her best to work and bring up two young children. She was having counselling and seemed to be coping. She seemed to be in good spirits. But Greenwood later found out his daughter had consulted a medium in the aftermath of his death, who may have taken advantage of her vulnerability. Mr. Greenwood of Bridlington, East Yorkshire, was asked by the coroner whether she had dark thoughts or talked about hurting herself. He told the coroner, I know she has gone to see a medium, a fortune teller if you like. Unfortunately, these people prey on people's misery. The coroner asked if it appeared to be a one-off visit in an attempt to find some comfort, to which her father replied, yes. One time, and blamed for her committing suicide. I find that hard to believe. Mm. Preying on his daughter's misery, or it's easy to blame the things that we can't see. If you wish to see the story in full, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. I shall give myself another couple of points. I'm up to four. Miss Corrie, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A spooked family believe they captured a childlike ghost hovering over their toddler in their house, which was built on an old Victorian workhouse. That's always a good start, isn't it? My mum worked in a hospital in East London called Old Church Hospital. And that hospital was built literally in the building that was a workhouse. Mm-hmm. She worked in the pathology labs, in the biochemistry lab, and it was a workhouse. That's unbelievable. It's all been knocked down now. There's a new swanky hospital called the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. It's the biggest in East London. Mm-hmm. But they do insist on building in and on top of these things, don't they? Yes. After seeing what they thought were ghostly sightings on a baby monitor, they enlisted the help of Sammy Rawlinson a self-described medium. They showed her footage where they claim a spirit in black is going down the stairs and the snap of a phantom near their baby. Wow. He's getting around, isn't he, this guy? He was in a stadium in Buenos Aires not more than a few Mm -hmm. minutes ago. Back to his bunk. Oh. Oh. The monk goes back to his bunk. Monk bunk. Monk bunk. If you're playing the bell, bunk and snort drinking game, you can have another shot. It's going to be a long night, mister. The family, who don't want to be identified, said the hauntings began after the birth of their two-year-old daughter. The girl had chillingly told her parents she had a friend called Rosie in the house. Miss Rawlinson, 31, said the home had been built on the site of an old workhouse, and the spirits seemed to be those of children who'd worked there, and an adult supervisor. She said the girl had been ill a lot and they were seeing black shadows on the baby monitor. 
strange things were happening in the home, pictures coming off, knocking on the walls. It was all sorts. They were scared, and they said it was stuff like that that happened every single day. I would move. <laughs> yes, it'd be the first thing you would do, wouldn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. It's just a typical day. An average day in your life, is it? Yeah. The ghosts and hauntings yeah. of Chuck Morris. Yeah. Good old Chuck Morris with your Morris code. Wuss. Is that a technical term? Second wuss. Yes. I'm the second wuss. It takes a lot of training to get to first wuss, apparently. Yes, it number does. two. I'm wuss number two. If I was in a film, I'd probably end up being wuss number that two. What me? Wuss number three. <laughs> your third wuss. Another couple of years, you could only dream of the position of second wuss. There's a medal that goes with that, by the way. Really? Yes, for wussiness. Hand of the wuss. Hand of the wuss. <laughs> I think I may have seen that film. Don't go looking that up. No. Hand of the wuss. I felt like it wanted to be alone in the house and didn't want to be disturbed. <laughs> I think we're alone now. <laughs> Doesn't seem, seem to, to be anyone around. Quality music back in the day, right? Mm, I think so I may good. have made out to so that good. track at some point. Mm, I'm sure. Bit of Brute, fabulous. Mm. <laughs> Brute by Fabergé. And them being there was treading on its toes a little bit. Miss Rawlinson, who spends her free time as a real-life Ghostbuster said she was eventually able to banish the ghost. Ooh. Wow. Knocking on the wall. Oh, I don't believe them at all. Again, if you go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, you will see the story, the photographs, the evidence in full. We now quickly run into the round that we call the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. What have you got for me tonight, Miss Morris, in the round of S and B? I'm going to Florida. Florida! Yay! Florida! Yeah. Gotta love it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I should totally get the best headline of the night. Well, let's not Ooh. preempt it. You tell me, and I'll tell you whether it's the best headline of the night. How about this? Florida man arrested after hiding his legless fugitive girlfriend in a storage bin. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> oh, my God. Quick, Stumpy, get in the trash can. Oh, Trading places. Oh, no one's buying her slippers for Christmas. Do you know, she had a really good idea when she was 13 that she could cut her toenails with a scythe. Oh, God. oh my God. I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Well, a Florida man was arrested after trying to hide his legless fugitive girlfriend in the storage container from authorities. John Robert Carr Jr. tried to conceal... Christy Lee Anderson, who was wanted for failure to appear in Orange County in a 2015 case. She's not got a leg to stand on. Oh, <laughs> she wouldn't be leaning one way or the oh other. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Peggy. Lovely. Poor woman. Uh, well, she was wanted in a 2015 case in which she was accused of trying to rob a Burger King with a BB gun. With, and no legs? Well, no. Anderson was then shot, and then she lost her legs in the incident. But wow. I don't know how. Both? If you get shot in the leg <laughs> with a high-caliber weapon, it's game over. Did they, they cut the wrong one off? Oh, yeah, well, it is Florida. <laughs> no, I said the left one. What, your left or my left? Which one? <laughs> Who's going to tell her? Oh. I've got oh. some good news and some bad news. The good news is there's a guy in the next ward that wants your slippers. 
<laughs> I just don't understand how she lost her legs, but something must have happened, I guess. Put the money in the bag and no one gets up. With the BB gun. Don't forget the BB At gun. Burger King. Burger King, Think yes. big, people. Whoppers. Whoppers, That's yes. That's right. <laughs> Deputies with Polk County Sheriff's Office and federal marshals were tipped <gasps> off that Anderson was with Carr at his residence. And when they arrived, he told them she was not there. However, officers saw through the bedroom window that Carr had put the four-foot-tall, now, a woman in a plastic storage bin outside. Was it clear? I don't know. Her bangs were sticking out. Her greasy ponytail. Sorry. Carr was arrested. And charged with the resisting arrest. She wasn't resisting. <laughs> You're coming with us. Nowhere Resist. to run to, baby. Nowhere to hide. Rescue me and take me in your arms. While additional charges are apparently pending, and she was taken into custody. After feeling the long arm She's of like the She's like a potato Lord. with arms. I understand the poor woman. Oh. Maybe we should write to her. What, in prison? Yeah. And say we've made fun of you for the last 10 minutes on a radio show that gets 100,000 <laughs> listeners. Make sure to search MQTA radio. <laughs> yeah. There was a snort in there, by the way. If you're playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, Michelle, you tried to get away with it, I but did. there was a snort. Oh. Legless in a trash can or just trying to do the best they can. <laughs> Michelle, you have the last story of the evening in the round of s this one is very close to home, and I also want to dedicate it to Kevin. Kevin, yeah. Yes. RSPCA officer fishes soggy squirrel out of toilets. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember eating that. There's always a squirrel on there. Wow. Oh, you can relate, can't you? Uh, yes. You did find a squirrel in your toilet. Yeah, but she killed it. No, she I pushed didn't it down. kill it. It died. You before plunged it. Could... it. Don't I did lie. It drowned before she I got to it. I was sick when I. Did you I... give it mouth to mouth or no? Was... no I it, was it dead. In the toilet. I nearly had a heart attack when I lifted up that seat. Especially when it's in the dark and you're trying to spend a penny. Oh you're my You're trying to strain God. your potatoes and squeeze the lemon. And... It was. I. I had no idea what it was at first. I've told this story before. I'm sorry, but it's was crazy. It was, it was madness. Uh, <laughs> wow. Animal rescuers responded to a home in London where residents had called to report a squirrel that had somehow gotten stuck in their toilet. Lovely. The RSPCA said animal collection officer Christy Gillard responded Sunday to a home in the Southwark neighborhood where the resident students had found the squirrel clogging the drain of their commode. <clears throat> Stop, stop. I haven't got a commode. Gilliard lowered a mop handle into the toilet bowl. I personally used barbecue tongs. I hope you wiped them. We had a barbecue at your house last summer. Oh, I threw them away. Oh, okay. I buried it with the squirrel. And the bicycle. Yes. And the squirrel was able to grab a hold and be lifted out. And then she threw it in the road. Picked it away. Oh, no. They're gone. Fortunately, the squirrel wasn't injured at all, and I could release him back into the wild where he belongs. Gilliard said, I think he must have come into this house through the roof and slipped into the toilet. 
You think you're having a bad day. Yeah, Gilliard said it was a unique call. It certainly was one of the most unusual rescues I've ever carried out. I did rescue a bat that was in the plug hole of a sink last year. What's this? Here comes nature in my toilet. Yeah, right. And then there was a badger stuck in the shower. No, bat. Oh, badger. There's a badger stuck. (laughs) Quick, quick, Celia, hurry up. There's a badger stuck in the shower. What's no badger? Did you bring that home last night? God, I was drunk. I don't remember picking that up. Don't forget about your octopus. Oh, I'm oh, not, the I, sticky I, octopus? I'm not. I'm not telling the octopus story again. I, I I can't look sushi in the eye anymore. Oh, it's terrible. God, that wouldn't go down. Jesus, I was flushing and pushing that down. <laughs> God, it was like a scene from Captain Nemo. It's like oh. twenty thousand leagues under the sea. It was in my bathroom. A squid. How an octopus get in the toilet anyway? We'll call it Cantamari. You know you're having a great show when you finish with a squirrel toilet story. Yes. We now enter the final round of the evening that we call Not For Your Mother. This is the round that you've had to find us on one of our platforms. If you're listening now on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show. Or write us a nice review if you're on iTunes or any other of the platforms. Thank you for being tech savvy and finding us. You can also share the link to this platform on your social media sites and tell the whole wide world you're listening to more questions and answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world this is the round where if your mother's of a nervous disposition if she's snoring to the tunes of cameo in the room next door if there's small minors in the room make sure they're not listening you have been warned viewers could soon see more erect penises on the screen if soft Brits don't take offence. What? The British Board of Film Classification, the BBFC, have been carrying out market research on the British public about a number of issues, including nudity. I like the idea of carrying out market research where a person with a clipboard <laughs> goes up to Mrs. Smith and says, what, what erection of penis would work for you? Would you like the... <laughs> You know, are you, are you can you do a flaccid all the way through to tent pole? Just see, and everything in between. I like to see the mild, middle, semi-hards. Yes, that one we call the liver sausage. I would like to see full-on hard action. Yes, that's the telegraph pole. That one, <laughs> tick that box, madam. That's exactly what's taken place. I like the squidgy ones. Do you, that, you tick the? Uh, do you remember the octopus you threw against the glass as a kid? I was and it thinking rocked. about. Yeah, I'll go with one. The, what do you mean, my balls. one? Remember I'm not pressing about... my sticky octopus against the window. Yeah, I think you were. Okay, and fair it... enough. Nice, all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> I've not eaten sushi since. I'm mad. Wow. And if viewers don't find it too hard to watch, more erect penises could be seen on our screens. From next year. Well, let's hope so. To think in this country they digitise an arse crack, for Christ's sake. I know. And in Britain we're discussing how big an erection should be on the television. BBFC boss David Austin said Brits are becoming more desensitised over nudity. That's because we're watching pornography online all day long. That's true. In films and TV, with the censors planning to publish new guidelines in 2019. These days, if you have an erection on screen, the issue is, is it a 15-level erection or an 18-level <laughs> erection? <laughs> job is that? <laughs> Mrs. Johnson from Kettering, she's a part-time... <laughs> an 18-level erection tonight, sweetie. It's your birthday. No. 
I can only manage a seven. Is that protractor? No, it's the age. 15 or 18 oh, level erection. I thought it was a degree. <laughs> oh, my, 18 degrees. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going for the full 45 here. Hang on. I've taken me pills. I waste 90. <laughs> 90 Ooh. degrees. What you got? A sundial. <laughs> She's out in the sun telling mm. the time. And they don't like the sun. <laughs> well, let me put you in the shade. Mm. <laughs> Currently, if the nudity is non sexual, it's fine to appear in a U or PG film, which is suitable for children. Hold on wow. a second. A U? Unclassified yeah. PG. Oh, like a okay. G. Yeah, parental guidance. Um, no, unaccompanied. Children can go in without an adult, unaccompanied. PG is parental guidance, which okay. means your parent must be there. But once it becomes sexual in nature, mm. it rises to a 15 or an 18, <laughs> depending on the strength of the nudity. Mr. Austin said it's clear from the research we're doing at the moment. Christ, he's blind. He's got hairy what? hands. And we're what? doing four to five years wow, of extensive research on erections. The public are relaxed about nudity. He and don't this? equate it to sex. He's getting paid for this. Sure. It's called Ooh. the Mull of Kintyre test. The what? The Mull of Kintyre. It's a small <laughs> island in yeah, the yeah, Scottish yeah. Hebrides. The Kabayashi Maru. <laughs> it's called the Kabayashi Maru test. <laughs> no one's going to win. Cocky. <laughs> oh Jesus God! <laughs> There's Maru. a snow. The Bukaki Maru test. <laughs> We'll stick around at the end. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> wow. The Mullican Tire oh. is a small island just off of Scotland, and Paul McCartney lived on there. Oh. He sung a song in the 70s called Mullican Tire, oh. and he got to number one in the charts in Britain. Good the Mullican Tire test is an unofficial guideline used by the BBFC to decide whether a penis can be shown. According to the myth, the censor board would not allow a film to be released if a penis shown was more erect than the Mullican Tire's outline. You don't have to worry. <laughs> I'd go on to Google and search to see what the Mullican Tire looks Ooh. like. What is it? What What's I, it called? It's the called the M-U-L-L, Mull of Kin Tire. But, um, okay. you know, it's going to be banned if it looks like the Maldives or if it looks like Italy, you're going to have a long night. Ooh. But the test is just an urban legend according to the BBFC. Mr. Oh, Austin told the sun... We speak to the public on a large scale every four to five years to get their views on age rating of key issues like violence, drug misuse, sex and discrimination. Our 2014 guidelines review involved more than 10,000 members of the British public. It looks like the Mall of Kintyre or it needs to be a little higher. Mm. You decide for yourself if you go to our Facebook site more questions and answers you can see the entire story with the maps the geography and all the little boxes for you to tick you have been warned good times yeah. miss oh cory have you seen face. you've looked it up haven't you you've gone online and seen the no, outline because i couldn't spell it and when i spelled tire it just gave me a list of really Tires. great tire oh. grades <laughs> so you're looking at tire tread while we're Is discussing uh, K-I-N-T-Y-R-E would be my oh, best guess. yeah, I didn't Mother spell Kin it that way. <laughs> and we spell the word tyre in Britain with yes. a Y in it. So if you get your tyres changed on a car, the tyre place would be T-Y-R-E. Oh, well, that may have been my problem. What have you got for me tonight, Miss Corrie, in the round of Not For Your Mother? Ooh, Facebook moderators got the willies 
when a lad shared his snap of his hairless newborn puppy. Do you want to see my new hairless puppy? Not again. I can put it in my hand. Put it away, cameo. There's a whole litter. What? I know. You're Polly Orchid. Seven brides for a man with seven willies. Ooh. I'm watching that film again. Dominic Abaro's picture of a three-day-old pup named Dimitri was mistaken for something much ruder and was banned from the social network. The close-up picture posted on a group for animal lovers shows a tiny pet asleep on Dominic's hand with his bald body and wrinkled neck on show. That's it. Just pet the small puppy. Yeah. Does it talk? Not again. Does it talk? (laughs) What small puppy talks? (laughs) If I pet it, will it talk? Does it bark? (laughs) Worst of all, does it bite? (laughs) Why didn't you try it? You know, there's no harm in trying, is there? I just want to say, Heather once again has made a picture of Martini. Oh, God, you've given me a mulligan tire. <laughs> I'm going to have a mulligan tire tomorrow. Oh, oh God. But a uh, member flagged it as porn. Yeah. It did. I have seen this picture, and it does look like the man's holding a Johnson. His wiener. A carrot and onions, I have to say. Yeah. I, know, I know it's a puppy, but it does look like a carrot yeah. and onions. And Facebook told him it doesn't follow our community standards. Dominic, 16, was at first mystified, but then saw the funny side as his photo went viral with more than 60,000 likes and shares. What looks worse for him is his hands white, but the puppy's brown. Yes. So it does look old, you know what I'm saying? Dimitri is not, in fact, a sausage dog or a cocker spaniel. A wiener. Mm -hmm. But a rare, here we go, Zolo It's Coolently. Nice. Yes. Good job. Points just Thank for you. that alone. Breed, also known as a Mexican hairless dog. Oh, those are ugly little bastards. They're kind of cool, though. Come and pet my little... Mexican hairless dog yeah. ears. It's always fun when you mime, isn't it, on the radio? Sorry. I'm very impressive. Yeah, yeah. But they, they were good ears you did there. Very Thank impressive. Thank you. That was its mohawk. I can see what's going on. Okay. It's very impressive. <laughs> Dominic of... Davao City in the Philippines said, it's very hard for me to see the penis perspective because when I look at it, I always just see my puppy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, officer. I was just showing her my puppy. When I look at it, I see a puppy too. Look, it's got a wet nose. (laughs) Look, it's got a leash. I can't pass a tree. It's terrible. It does look like a willy, I have to say. If you go to Facebook Poor right now puppy. and scroll go through, look at it, look it at looks it. like a willy. Yeah. I got a no- notification saying it had been blocked a few minutes after I posted it to the group. At that time, I didn't <laughs> realize it looked like a penis because when I first posted it to Facebook, all I saw was a photograph of an innocent puppy. That's some old lady named Selma that saw that. Exactly. Hasn't got bad eyes. Yeah, she's got bad. If you squint, I mean, it does look like, you know, a baby's well, arm older like, than Apple. For animal lovers, I'm just saying, I don't know. Go and have a look. Yeah. I, it looks like look both. It, it's yeah. one of those things that once you've seen it, you can't see anything you can't else. Unsee That's it. right. Yeah. It actually made me really angry for a moment, but I feel better about it now because people find it hilarious. 
I'm just thinking about when that thing eats. <laughs> the the penis what, puppy? eats its food. <laughs> chows down on a bowl of pedigree on chum. On a bottle. On a park. <laughs> well, you're feeding it a bottle now, are you? You're in your own little world over there, aren't you? How much have you drank tonight? That pitcher's empty and it holds a gallon. I know. Miss Morris, you have the final story tonight of the round of Not For Your Mother. This is topical for our (gasps) Patreon supporters, but unfortunately not for our SoundCloud people. So this should tell you that you need to be a supporter. It costs a single dollar. If you leave the show with more than you arrive with, if we've given you some laughs tonight, why not go to Patreon? Search MQTA Radio and donate a single dollar. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you could hear this early and on time. Well, if one is looking for a slightly naughtier way to celebrate the royal wedding, which will be happening this weekend, right? Absolutely, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. How many days does that last? Is it what the the booze what? up afterwards? Five. <laughs> no, like the whole the whole wedding. Is it like is it a weekend? I know the wedding ceremony. Oh, is you're like asking a day. me. An East End Cockney from the roughest from working class of London. How long London. a royal wedding's going to last? Uh, yeah, the celebration. I don't know. What, in London? Yeah. Well, I think after the day, after they've gone past in the carriage and waved, I think everyone's going home for their dinner and a plate of fish and chips and a Guinness. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought maybe you'd celebrate a little more, but no, I guess not. Not interested. Not they're interested. They're taking my don't taxes care. and they're not giving me anything back. Oh. oh welcome to America. We should be a republic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make our own. Hurrah! It's the Republic of Cottonwood County. Of MQTR. The first thing I'm going to do is give you Michelle Corryville. You can Thank live in you. a small town on the edge of town. Second <laughs> Avenue. Is By going to be myself. Michelle Corry <laughs> Avenue. Ooh. Can I visit? Of course you can. Thank you can need a passport. Well, if you're looking for a naughty way to celebrate the royal wedding, then we found a great souvenir for the friskier royalists out there. Oh, God. Is this you? Am I a frisky royalist? Yeah. Yes, I always look at pictures of the queen and knock one out. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't? I know, right? I get an erection looking at a stamp. Are you going to be able to visit there again? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Prince? Do you think Prince Harry was putting dollar bills on? No, I know. I thought of this. If he puts, if he he puts like one pound and five pound notes, Granny's looking at him. He's got his grandmother's face looking at him (laughs) as he's pushing the notes into a stripper's underwear. Nice. Controversial. God, my lips are red raw. Poor David. That's the last time I'm playing tissue paper and comb in our band. Maybe just one more night. (laughs) (laughs) A mosquito. (laughs) Great. There's a story trying to get out. There is. Well, the ideal gift for your Prince Charming. Adrian, these royal wedding... Oh, my Prince Charming. Yeah, these royal nice. wedding condoms are definitely one of the more imaginative, ruder, royal <laughs> wedding memorabilia available. Ruder? 
Yes. Royal wedding condoms. <laughs> That's right. Give me the prince. Were you going to say, give me the princess Diana? <laughs> give oh me the God. princess Diana. Give me the Camilla. <laughs> Dead. Oh, oh, no. I can only get me head and shoulders in it. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, <coughs> Crown Jewels Heritage condoms exist, and they are only £10 for 80 condoms. I think that's a freaking bargain, actually. Must be quality, mustn't they? Yeah. We're selling them down the market. Well, they work out to about 12.5 pence a condom. I'll have the ginger tickler. great value. <laughs> There's even a three for two option, which we guessed is perfect for gifting, you know. Three gifting. for two? Yeah. Wow. I know. They've been described as artisan-style sheaths tailored to a regal fit and drizzled with lube. Promise discerning <laughs> lovemakers of like royal union. like a trip union. to Dairy Queen. Can I have nuts on that? <laughs> That'll be in it. <laughs> I thought they come with it automatically. <laughs> if your nuts are in it, you've got problems. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> God, that's going to be like a bank robber that's pulled some nylons over their face. <laughs> Can you pick out the robber? It was number four. She had legs. <laughs> Can number four stand up? <laughs> That's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, stop drinking immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, they promise discerning lovemakers a royal union of pleasure and style. The condoms are even. We really need to ask. What? Stop uh, it, Adrian Edward. Oh, sorry. I'll pull my pants back up. We really need to ask <laughs> Brian if he can get us some commemorative com condoms. Com condoms. Condoms. <laughs> Brian, can you get us some royal wedding condoms, please? Red, white, and blue. Yes, it's something you can pass down to your children for generations to come. I don't have to any children. Generations to. Come. I see what you've done there. No laughs. No. No yucks. Terrible. You're forcing the human out. It's shockingly oh, bad. Oh, God. It is bad. Unbelievable. Well, they're even packaged in an eye-catching souvenir case, which when opened, one is treated Please to... Please God save the queen. ...an exclusive <laughs> musical <Sex> arrangement... <laughs> of God save the queen. Imagine you living next door and like for the fourth time that evening you hear... I got Johnny Rotten in my head. Send her victorious, happy and glorious. Doesn't just play God Save the Queen, it also plays the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say. God, they're at it again. Lovely. Well, anyway, the box itself features a commemorative portrait of the royal couple by the acclaimed Romanian artist. <laughs> you don't often get those two words in the same sentence. <laughs> acclaimed Romanian artist. Yaks Valentin. Yes. Hurrah, he's one of my favorite Romanian Here's artists. Here's Yaks. And each pack has been signed with a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> it's one way. To be patriotic. Wow, you've worn me out. I'm gonna have to take a buke rest. Oh! I love this show. All good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery having to walk around a lonely stadium on his own. 
in Argentina is me. I scored four, but in resplendent first place, beating Miss Morris by one solitary point, winning the $33,000 camera and a life supply of shoes is... Michelle Corey. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intrigue, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, and feel free to contact me anytime via our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. Remember, if you go to SoundCloud right now, soundcloud.com, search for MQTA Radio. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth. My gratitude and gratitude thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shatan Drain, and Michelle Curry, and all at the International Paranormal Society at paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. You've been listening to MQTA Radio, the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world with Adrian Lee. We are the very best in paranormal news radio entertainment. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.